He's pumped about goats. <laughs> Pretty excited. Pretty excited. Welcome to Game Club, the podcast where we play a game with you and talk about it. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm the editor of Nonfiction Gaming. <laughs> That's you, Captain. Oh, God damn it! Can we start again? <laughs> no, no, we can't. <laughs> yes, we this can. Jo- I, this feel jo- like I, I feel like I nailed it, though. <laughs> you, you did. That did was you, good. He sounded so good. The, he did. The vodka still in your great. breath gives you a voice that I edge it was of next. smooth bourbon. Uh, no, we're still continuing. The train rolls on. All right. Well, in this gap here, Daniel can edit it. <laughs> <laughs> Do not edit a thing. <laughs> And I'm Catherine, currently in the United States of America, international podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really talked over you there. Can we just start this yeah. whole thing? <laughs> yeah, let's start it again. <laughs> all right, all right. Welcome to Game Club, the podcast where we play a game with you and talk about it. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm the editor of Nonfiction Gaming. I'm Catherine Smythick-Mullen, currently in the United States of America. The podcast goes international. And I'm Charles Bryce, avid tabletop gamer. And this week we played Goat Simulator. <laughs> uh, so Goat Simulator is a game where you play as a goat and it simulates the life of a Goat, funnily enough. Uh, it's a little game from Coffee Stain Studios released back in 2014, and it's about causing as much destruction as possible. But first, as always, we're going to go into our Nerd Week. Catherine. So uh, this week I saw a special advanced screening, part of my fancy America land, of Alien Covenant. Um, It was interesting. Uh, That doesn't sound Uh, good. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, the Alien films are some of Alien and Aliens, uh, some of my favourite films of all time. Uh, I didn't love it. I thought it was an interesting sci-fi film and in many ways I probably would have been less harsh on it if it hadn't been something that's part of the Alien universe. Like... If it was just, if it was some other monster and you kept all of the other elements the same, I would have said, oh, that was a cool sci-fi film. But put within that universe, it just, I mean, how can it compare to one and two? Um, And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of Ridley stuff at the moment. Like, Mm. leave your universe alone, Ridley. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say you would have enjoyed it if you were a real sci-fi fan? Well, this is, so Charles is referencing um, something that happened after the screening where um, we were talking about it in the car and I was talking about um, there was this long, really boring sequence um, that was just about like the solar panels or the like the solar sails that the ship used unfurling and then refurling. And I said that I thought they could have cut, you know, 95% of it. And a guy that I'd seen um, that was a friend of a friend that had seen it with us said to me that if I was a real sci-fi fan, I would have appreciated it or that um, sci-fi fan, it was something that sci-fi fans would have appreciated. And um I think it was a real life example of Red Mist of Rage descending, um, where <laughs> yeah, it's just nice. like, I, you know, because if you know me, you know that I am, you know, I'm pretty nerdy. I like my sci-fi. I can kind of 
reference films and talk shit about aliens with the best of them. And um, he did not know what he had wandered into. <laughs> Brilliant. So that man is now dead. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, this podcast will be used as evidence. <laughs> yeah, this is the confession podcast. This yeah. is uh, this is the new new episode of Serial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean. I just I thought it was overlong as a film. I did think some of the universe stuff was interesting. Um, I didn't care about any of the characters, and there's a big twist that is so obvious that I actually thought they were joking. So, which is never good. But you know, if you're a fan of the Alien franchise, maybe hunt it out. It is better than Prometheus. I will give it that. So, yeah, there are like eight yeah. Alien films now, aren't there? Um, Surely not like six. Yeah, I think it's six or seven. Yeah, uh, which is very the, different to eight, Daniel. So. The uh, two alien, Aliens, uh, that one in the prison, the one where she plays basketball. Three, four. So well, I mean, yeah. and then, Alien and then vs. Is, Predator. Alien I was about to say, do you count Alien okay, vs. Okay. Predator? No which, one counts I mean, Alien vs. Predator. No, you can. You can. There's aliens <laughs> in it. Xenomorphs. <laughs> I do not, and I refused it. Okay, fine. Okay. Good. So Alien Covenant, interesting... But shitty twist, shitty plot twist. Yeah, shitty plot by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've only go into it if you really love solar sails. Yeah, if you're a <laughs> yeah, real exactly. sci-fi fan. If you're a real sci-fi fan, go see it. <laughs> I've got I've got some friends who are who are you know nerds, and they're simpler nerds with simpler tastes. Uh, and even even the the way they described it was you know it's not too bad, you'll still enjoy it. So when and they're like for Rogue One, they thought Rogue One was the best movie that had ever existed. So right. yeah, simple creatures, uh, and even they still thought it was a bit on the nose so yeah. take take that as you will there is a homoerotic love scene well not love scene but like kind of a love scene between two of the same people it was it was confusing <laughs> well now i've it was got a confusing see. film yeah. <laughs> wow okay good charles likes getting confused yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's used to <laughs> that <laughs> feeling i was hey, man, i don't want to yuck your yum you know yeah i was gonna take easy to see it but maybe now i won't so She's too. She won't know what's going on on screen. It's just little blobs <laughs> blobbing at each other, as far as she's concerned. So true. All right. Um, cool. Anything else interesting happening in America? You building uh, the uh, American fan base of Game Club? Yep. Yeah, I am. I talk about it everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not. Not particularly. I mean, it is interesting. It's being in the, especially in LA. It's being in the cultural hub in terms of things being released like not so much games now because game release dates do tend to all be worldwide now but just you know seeing that films are coming out and not getting that sinking feeling of like oh it'll be like a month until it comes to Australia it's like no like it's out now like (laughs) this is where it premieres and this is you know where they do all the advanced screenings to try and build buzz so yeah it's an interesting city to be in as a you know fan of film does everyone carry around their headshots with them just in case? Uh, they don't, but Tinder is grim. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a lot of entrepreneurs. There's a lot of people that are verified, which means like that Tinder has said, oh, yes, this famous person is this actual famous person. Um, I saw Tom from MySpace on Tinder. Brilliant. What's <laughs> and he up like, to these days? And I saw the picture and <laughs> was tindering. like, is that really Tom? And then in his bio, it's it's really me. I'm like, he answered my question. <laughs> but 
how sad for this guy. Like he's using his let's call it fame. I don't know if that's the right word to he's pick up chicks wealthy. on Tinder, and that's about it. That's probably all he's using it for right now. I mean, and that it just is says a thing a lot about of, him. It is a little bit where you kind of go, especially certain types of fame. It's like, well. Like, how is he meant to meet women if he wants to go online and date? Like, is he meant to say, no, I'm not, you know? No, but that shouldn't be your opening line. If that's your opening line, you're looking for (laughs) two kinds of people. One of them is MySpace groupies, which is a dark group of people. (laughs) It is a dark group of people. (laughs) And the other is just women uh, that's looking for money. So, Which uh, in LA is not a crazy thing. (laughs) Okay. It's acceptable. That's fine. Why not? Yeah. Know what you want. Go for it. It is it is a different city, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, good. Okay. Catherine, putting Catherine on the shelf. Charles, pulling Charles off the shelf. All righty, I'm off the shelf. I have been delving deep into Destiny over the last few weeks, uh, that being my Star Wars card game that I play. Because there uh, is a video game named Destiny. I just there is. <laughs> so I had to clarify. This is obviously the more popular Destiny. Uh, that video game is dead. Although number two was announced maybe prematurely uh, and... We'll see how that goes. Either way, Destiny, the Star Wars card game, is going full steam ahead. Very popular. Uh, It had its first Worlds event, which is very exciting. Uh, And I've played kind of three tournaments in the last few weeks and won two of them. First place. Thank Mm. you very much. It's pretty fancy. It's pretty good. I'm pretty proud of myself. Are you considering getting a tattoo saying, like, tournament winner 2017? Well, no, I'd have to win. If I won nationals, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, not for just some little local tournaments, but Nationals <laughs> is in Melbourne this year, which is very exciting. So I'm pumped for that. Yeah, uh, nice. But I am thinking of getting a Mandalorian skull tattoo. Ooh. Right. Because that, that yeah, looks cool. awesome. So uh, I've got a friend who's a tattoo artist and he did one for one of the Warhammer boys and it's the Mandalorian symbol and inside the symbol, it's like Boba Fett, but only the parts that show through the Mandalorian symbol. It looks That's cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, yep. Either way, I haven't discussed this with my wife yet, so that may or may not happen. <laughs> it's your body. Uh, it's my body and I do what I want to it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two weeks later, I'm a cat person. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I could put whiskers in my face. How dare you assume my non-whiskiness? Nico, man. <laughs> uh, other than that, I've been actually putting together some Warhammer, which is exciting. Little people, dark mechanicum for those Warhammer fans out there. Uh, and I've been watching a bunch of Star Wars Rebels. Cool. Oh, okay, the TV show. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's Is that yeah, a it's obviously made. Yeah, it's made for kids. So there's Clone Wars, which was the first cartoon, and then Rebels has been gripped up by Disney, so is now canon in their new essentially yep. retcon universe. Uh, and there's just some really great moments in it. Like the 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 dialogue's a bit childish and whatnot because it is what it is, and the the storyline's not overly complicated. But just for kind of some of the the battle scenes and blah blah blah, it's yeah, cool. uh, it's giving me that fix of Star Wars. Yep. Oh, oh, more Star that Wars. Fix you I'm need. Just, I'm deep in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I read Duff. Is it Plagueis? Plagueis? Either way, the uh, the Sith Lord that was around before Palpatine. Uh, there's a book and I read it and it was great. And I'm now going to get the Thrawn trilogy and just continue my dark spiral. Is, is into that all the Star canon Wars though? Universe. I feel like that's um, not canon now. No, it is not. Yeah. But it's, but it's enjoyable. Good. I'm I'm not yeah. back. Like, I mean, I, I tend to only go for canon based things probably just like as a time thing like I don't want to commit to something where it's like basically fan fiction but I do understand that like there's such a rich universe of Star Wars that has now all just been like thrown in the gutter and it's like no there are still some good books and some good kind of content in there that people should be able to enjoy yeah absolute (laughs) trash and Disney had to do what it had to do but I mean they're almost using canon as like 
a capitalist weapon to, yeah, definitely. to redo the universe and profit off it. So, so yeah. I mean, I'm not a canon Nazi, uh, nor should anyone be, I guess, because it just doesn't matter because it's all stories. It's like when it Apple tells to you you've got to update your phone. <laughs> you know, you've got to get the new 6S. I actually don't know what iPhones ha- uh, have. Just but numbers. It's like, just numbers down. Yeah, just, okay. So iPhone 6, it's like, oh, you know, the iPhone 3, that's trash. Like, that's all done. That's gone. You need this this brand new Canon. This is the good shit. This is the this is the real stuff. None of that use on Vong. <laughs> None of that Mara gonna, Jade. Wasn't Apple going to buy Disney? There was something where it was what? like, I was like, no way. that's insane. No way. I'm Googling this as we speak. You're just making things up. Apple to buy Disney. Disney is the one with all the cash. Apple by Disney Apple rumor. by Disney yep. for $237 billion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I take back my accusations yep. that you're full Thank of shit. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, turns I out mean, Kevin's I mean, a real sci-fi nerd. I <laughs> knew. <laughs> oh, my God. At least an Apple nerd. Um, Yuck. But, yeah, it's interesting because I was reading about Apple's strategy in terms of um, – Basically, it wants to become like a Netflix as well. Like, it, like it's moving into the scripted content game, and um, and it's like, well, you can either start your own studio and start making your own stuff and really build a development team, or <laughs> you can just buy one. <laughs> buy yeah. the giant conglomerate that is Disney, who is just owning the world at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yep. and who doesn't just have a lazy two hundred and thirty-seven billion dollars? Billion dollars. Yep. Yep. Wow. Good. Anyway, yeah. You had it here first. Speaking yep. of scripted content, uh, I've been watching Legion uh, as part of my Nerd Week, uh, which is the X-Men TV show. Yeah, I've heard it's really great. I haven't had a chance to watch yet. Uh, but Yeah, I saw the ads. Did not yeah. realize what it was. If you didn't know it's an X-Men TV show, you wouldn't know for the first 40 minutes of the pilot episode. Yeah. And you would be really, really confused. <laughs> the thing yeah. is, like, th- there are certain know. shows... Mm. There, there are certain shows that, like, get not just buzz in terms of, like, people watching them, but it's, like, in meetings between people that are, you know, TV execs or whatever. There are always ones brought up. It's like, oh, yeah, I've been watching that. Like, last year it was Mr. Robot, and this year Legion is one of the ones where it's like, oh, what are you watching or what have you really enjoyed? And Legion is, like, right up there. It's the it's answer. Just, it's the right answer. It's Well, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's always a few, but I guess it's that um, – it's people going, well, so many shows are in these giant shared universes now, like the DC universe with all of the Flash and Arrow stuff, the Marvel shows that all exist in the same place. And it's like finding one that can play within a universe but still be interesting is exciting. Like, mm. um, I was about to say that looking at the advertising poster for it, you wouldn't realize it was X-Men either. And then I saw the cheeky little X. In the yeah, area. that's it. So, like, so oh, I think... Cheeky. The pilot episode is sort of a double length episode and probably about 40 minutes in or right towards the end, they drop their title and it's like Legion with the X in the, in the O or whatever. And you're like, oh, right. This is a, yeah. Okay. This is an X-Men TV show. Um, but up until that point, it's very unreliable narrator, kind of like, you know, Mr. Robot uh, and a lot of other things. And so you really have trouble figuring out what's going on or what's really going on. Um, and it doesn't have any of the, the characters we know and love, like Jubilee or Dazzler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are... Not Dazzler. Oh. 
It does have Jermaine from uh, Flight of the Concords, though, which I think is brilliant. He's oh, wow. just great in yeah, everything that... he does. Now yeah, I have to he watch is it. good. Okay. Let's watch yeah. it, Charles. Right. Let's watch it. Let's do it. <laughs> also been watching a little show, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, uh, called American Gods. <laughs> I have heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know it was a book, Catherine? Before I did. I did. Days? I mean, you know, it's it's hard for me because I'm obviously not a real fan, but um, <laughs> yes, I was aware that it was a book. Um, I'm loving that show. I think it is some of the most insane TV I have ever seen. <laughs> I watched the first episode uh, and it certainly broke some convention. I've just started watching the second episode before uh, Emma came downstairs and I'm like, I just don't feel this is for her. So it was a bit heavy for 7 <laughs> No, it is not an Emma's uh, show. <laughs> no, so I, I paused it. But uh, it, just, it just takes things to a, a new place. And I mean, it's not following the book exactly, but it's going with the themes and the ideas and it's just exactly, yeah. be fantastic. Yep. And I mean, I, I think for me, the really not confusing thing, but the thing that I just have, I'm such a fan of the book and it is kind of like seeing, well, it's, it's, it's like seeing the book in real life, but expanded and, and, you know, it's a fantastic adaption. I don't know what someone that hasn't read the book is thinking. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't even get into their head of like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> we should do a test and we should show it to someone who has not read the book and then find out. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure. I mean, like, I I love the book. I love the sequel um, and just pretty much everything in that universe I want more of. And, yeah, the TV show is going in weird places, but some of it feels very familiar, of course. Mm. Um, but the extra stuff with the leprechaun is just great. Uh, the yeah. little vignettes where you get to see stuff on the beach or – you know, with the dudes on the beach trying to get the wind happening and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, like, like, that oh, was wow, in the that's book, amazing. but, like, differently. And, like, yeah. the coming the coming to America little segments between chapters, that's, a yeah, again, it's a really hard thing to adapt. And it's, like, they've taken the spirit of it, which is little vignettes about how these gods arrived in America, but changed it to make it suitable for TV and to make it suitable for their bigger story, but while still retaining the feeling of it. Um and just, oh, my God, like I was reading about um, how they were filming that Viking scene on the beach that opens the pilot and the director was like, you know, turned up to set and was like, we're going to need at least 10 times more blood. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy their blood choice. Yep. Uh. And, I mean, it really establishes the show. Like you're just yeah. like, right, they're like – that's a lot of blood. <laughs> like, yeah, they're not really going for like, gritty realism. They're going no, for, they're going for like garish and like neon and yeah, and it's, humor um, and a bit and of humor, humor that, that fit yep. really well. I mean, when the guy got punctured with like a thousand arrows, that was just yep. that yeah, was it's, great. It's, it's um, a funny moment, absolutely. Yeah, and the books, the books got humor in it, so I'm glad they're yep. they're maintaining that idea and that theme. So. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Plus, Ian McShane is the most swarthy, oily oh my God. snake oil salesman. Like, he's I just would, perfect. I would buy his oil. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and just rub it. Like, rub I'm it not saying I would definitely myself. sleep with him, but I might. He's on the <laughs> he's list. so charming. <laughs> if, 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 you, if you swipe past Tom and on, yeah, on Tinder yeah, and McShane. it's Ian McShane. <laughs> but, but I mean, Malcolm Turnbull's on that list, so let's not judge that oh, list. Oh, list. God. Michael Tam, he is on the list. It's <laughs> <He's laughs> just a silver fox. I can't help myself. <laughs> well, I want to take a moment actually while we're talking about American Gods, and you know, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go out and yep. watch it. If you're uh, a if true you, sci-fi fan, you should go watch it. <laughs> yeah, uh, sci-fi fantasy, I guess. Um, 
But you should probably read the book. And if you can't read books, you could always get a free audiobook. We actually have a sponsor this week, uh, which is pretty amazing, seeing as we're actually putting out this episode late, so I thought we would have dropped (laughs) any sponsors. (laughs) But if you go to audibletrial.com slash gameclub, so G-A-M-E-C-L-U-B, for those of you who can't spell game club. Very simple words. (laughs) Audibletrial.com slash gameclub. You can get a free audiobook of your choice. I highly recommend getting American Gods, uh, mostly just because we talked about it a whole bunch yeah I, I listened to the audiobook of that as well i didn't actually read the book uh and the oh, audio cool. was great who read the audiobook so. was it neil reading it uh no okay but they did an interview with him at the end oh that yep. was nice mm. yeah yeah that little extra extra stuff is always nice uh um, I th- yeah uh and i just uh because I'm a huge fan of the book. I also, if you want a book that is completely different, but very similar in tone and feeling, I also recommend um, The Library at Mount Char, C-H-A-R. It's um, one of the only books I've read in recent years that really reminded me of the feeling of American Gods. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Great right. stuff. Great there stuff. There you go, people. None you of got which has to do with indie gaming. Yeah. But that's fine. We do all It's things. our nerd week. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So that's the Nerd Week done. Uh, we're actually spending a lot of time on the Nerd Week and we'll probably spend a bit of time on the news as well. Uh, and that'll become clear as we get closer to the Game Club Game of the Week. Uh, but let's talk about some gaming news first. So this week, and this news story only came out Uh, just the other day so if we had recorded on time we wouldn't be talking about it (laughs) the Adelaide Crows football club uh, that's uh, Australian football bought a professional esports team legacy esports who've been playing League of Legends and things like that this is the start of esports being bought up by uh, by Aussie, Aussie clubs I mean, it's, it's already been happening. I think the only thing that's new here is that it's an Australian team buying it versus – because, I mean, I know um, a lot of the esports teams have been bought up by men that, like, also own, like, a baseball team or, you know, an NFL team. Like, this is, this is definitely not a new trend, but it is interesting that even the AFL, which isn't always the most forward-thinking organization, is kind of seeing what the future holds. Yeah, it's it's great for nerds everywhere in Australia because I mean Australia is quite backwards in the way it treats you know these kind of topics and, and nerdy endeavours. And there's a lot of footy fans out there that would just be shocked and appalled, uh, disgusted as they they swill their forex uh, and whatever <laughs> other horror horror drinks they they put into themselves. Uh, and it's fantastic because it kind of shoves it in their face like, hey, nerds are cool, eat shit. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm all for what? it. I personally don't like some validation by the bullies. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Who's picking on who now? Uh, I don't enjoy it because I'm ethically against sports, but that's that's my issue. Even esports? No, esports. Especially esports. Okay. Especially esports. <laughs> I mean, I'm not was... for esports. I wouldn't call myself an esports fan because it has the word sports in it, but I'm okay with it existing. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think it's it's a really interesting time because I think it's probably quite a small, you know, maybe in 30 years it'll be that thing of can you believe how much they bought it for back in the day and now it's worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or it could just be a write-off for them. Like, mm. 
kind of we don't I mean the thing I find fascinating about esports compared to regular sports is you know obviously regular sports the rules do change subtly but you know soccer 30 years ago looks pretty similar to soccer now whereas like I feel League we had Legends, discussion last week yeah yeah, it will be yeah, so different. Yeah. Anyway, yep. Yeah, I spoke to one of yeah. the um, – at PAX last year, I spoke to one of the shoutcasters, one of the commentators mm-hmm. for League of Legends, the Oceanic League. And, yeah, he was saying that this is going to be a trend. I mean, he sort of predicted it um, because we'd be following America's trend. I think the um, there's been a bunch of – NBA teams, uh, Gridiron, you know, the American football teams buying up these little esports teams and kind of using their um, their training practices and the um, I'm completely blanking on the word now, but the, the the infrastructure they have in place to build a team, train a team, and be professional about sports. Yeah, well, the concepts would be the same. They'd carry over whether you're kicking a ball or whether you're clicking a mouse. So it's the teamwork mm. and, and the, the analy- analytics behind it and all that kind of stuff that it, you'd be able to bring to it. So. They'd, they'd have such dart ability to mine data and things, though, compared mm. to – like I, I suspect normal sport could probably learn something from eSport and how, you know, like you really can break it down into data and – and um, yeah. I mean, I feel I know like they that- do that though, and we just don't know anything about sports, True. and that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just making large assumptions on things we don't understand. But you know what? That's what we do here on Game Club, yeah. so I'm okay with it. That's oh, probably wow. our tagline: making large assumptions <laughs> about things we don't understand. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to optimize for SEO this yep. uh, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the second piece of news I wanted to touch on was the E3 schedule has dropped. Uh, E3 coming out in June. Uh, E3 2017. Uh, E3 press conference. We're going to see the big names: EA, Microsoft, Bethesda. I know Charles is interested in watching the Nintendo one, so I'm maybe so the Switch. I think maybe the like Switch will get a second Wednesday game. Wednesday or Thursday at two AM that it drops. Like, how long God. does E three go for? It seems to be like a five day event. Yeah, it's it's like PAX. It's like a PAX, but for PAX goes not, for three days. Goes for five most of the time if you count well, if the you're Thursday an night. And you're setting up and packing up. What's but interesting it's, though still, is that it's a long event. <laughs> E three is a solid sort of four to five day event. However. EA isn't actually at E3. So EA Games, they're just putting out a video at the same time. Apparently, they don't, you know, they're not paying for a booth. They're not paying dues <laughs> but, to but the industry or anything. That's quite common. Like, um, because it? it's, it's the same with, um, oh God, it's the same with, um, you know, like Comic Con. You'll often get studios releasing trailers at Comic Con because that's when there's all the buzz, everyone's talking about it. They're not at Comic-Con. They just know that that's the right time to release it and kind of people get excited by it when they're there and, yeah. There you go. Uh, EA makes some interesting choices in their world, though, so this just seems to be another classic EA choice. They're, they're, they're the, the industry, the publishers, I guess, or whatever they're called, that are easy to hate, so why not jump on the bandwagon? That's, yeah, that's aren't, wasn't EA voted, EA Games uh, voted the most one of the most hated companies in the world or something one it year uh, probably when they released that really crappy dungeon keeper mobile app 
<laughs> I don't even remember that. I just, I don't think that was the catalyst, Dan. <laughs> I think it was. I will go on record saying that that was the catalyst for them that being voted the most it. hated company. Yeah. I think it Dan put them just above Comcast and Verizon. <laughs> there at night. I think, I think they have been teeth. working to rehabilitate their image, but it's, it's hard because once, it's a little bit like Lucas. Once nerds decide that you're bad and that they don't like you, it's pretty hard to come back from that. Like EA may sell out to Disney, who then may sell out to Apple. So <laughs> it may happen at any moment. Brilliant. Um, but Nintendo, well, like, I just want to go around. Do you guys have any, maybe not predictions, but something you're looking forward to from the presentations or just don't care? Or I don't care even slightly. Sure. <laughs> I love watching these announcements uh, and the hype that surrounds it. Because we don't get hype in Australia. Australia doesn't understand or embrace in hype in a way that Americans do. Uh, Whereas I love hype. I live for hype. I love the excitement, the unreasonable expectations, the low, low, like, pits of despair as people are disappointed (laughs) endlessly by EA. Uh, So I really, I really enjoy it and probably will tune in to watch a few of them. Of course, being in Australia, they're at, wildly inappropriate times and inconvenient times, but that's okay. Who needs sleep? That'll be yeah. a good time for me. So, you know. <laughs> oh, look. No, you'll be back by then. Eat shit. Oh, oh just it. the fact that you, you don't sleep. There's also oh, well, that. that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Nintendo. I'm big for the Nintendo one. Just, just see what other exciting things they have coming out. But, I mean, besides Mario Odyssey coming out in December, then nothing will top the excitement of that. So... Yeah. yeah, I think a couple of the publishers have, have sort of jumped the gun a little bit and said, oh, yeah, we'll be talking about this. And it's like, oh, you probably should have saved that in the tank because now I'm really not excited. <laughs> <laughs> you could have at least tricked me into watching it. Now you've lost me. Fair enough. Yeah. Although it'd be interesting to see if uh, Aisha Tyler gets, comes back for Ubisoft and crack. you know how they crack those awkward jokes on stage between... Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, she's she's great, but... It's it's weird having people trying to crack jokes and then them just not landing half the time. Uh, and <laughs> then it's like, oh, okay, so here's the next game. That's <laughs> yeah. the best part. And the, and the Japanese just completely misunderstanding the West and with their with their own what they show. Oh, it's just great. I just love yeah. it. Cool. And that's the news from me this week. <gasps> Exciting time. So I've got uh, a few pieces of news. The first one I want to talk about because it's nice and quick is so Worlds, uh, FFG, Fantasy Flight Games Worlds, which is a miniatures company and board game company. They had their Worlds event for Star Wars games uh, a couple of weekends past. And they had Destiny there, which I already talked about, but they also had X-Wing there, which is their main kind of their ship product, I guess, uh, which is little, you know, TIE fighters and X-Wings flying around on a space map. Uh, and you've got dials to control them and you roll dice. Uh, and it's been hugely popular for a number of reasons. And it's a fantastic game. So the Worlds was going on uh, and they were live streaming it because everything's twitching these days. And one guy uh, right live on the Twitch stream uh, picked up his dial and changed it secretly when he wasn't meant to. Uh, and got busted by the Twitch stream, uh, which nerds were watching all over the world, who raged up God, and freaked out. What a stupid out. cheat. Like, I if you're going right? to cheat, so like, do it smart. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, hearing something yeah. similar. I think it was uh, you know, one of those real-time strategy games where they're on stage playing, and the guy got caught because he kept looking behind him to the giant screen behind him for the audience <laughs> to yep, see where nice. his opponent was. <laughs> was. <laughs> I feel like that's the setup 
fault. The setup, I mean, sure, they, sure, they sure, should sure, obviously yeah. put the big screen where players can't see it. But yeah, yeah, pretty great. So this guy, uh, though, so then of course the memes started dropping, um, which is now a wonderful thing that happens when something goes wrong that I can fully appreciate. Uh, but the the controversy when you you always need the controversy was not that he cheated, but that he was actually like they caught him and then still gave him the win for that game but then gave him a loss penalty for his next game. So the guy that he cheated against lost the game in which the guy cheated. Oh, wow. And, uh, he doesn't get a three-match ban or something? No, no. So they only gave him one loss and let him to continue in the tournament. Uh, and he then went on to do better than the guy he cheated against in the tournament. He didn't win it or anything, but I think he came, you know, 95th out of, a, you know, four or 500. Uh, mm. And they didn't just kick him out of the tournament, which I feel would have been pretty reasonable. But no. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's a, it, that does seem super light as a punishment. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that there's a lot of like when um, like League of Legends players, like they can be banned for years. Like, yeah, yeah. so Counter-Strike's a big one. Like if you're caught playing in cheating in Counter-Strike, like the community ostracizes you uh, and you're banned for years. Uh, recently, mm. the Counter-Strike team rehired a guy that had been, his ban had just been lifted. Um, and just got abused by the internet because of it. Because uh, he's obviously a good player, but once you've cheated, do you deserve to ever play again, I guess is the question. I mean, I, I think it's it's similar to the argument in actual people's sports, which is I don't think that someone should never, ever be allowed to play again if they're a drug cheat or if they're anything like that. But I do think that you do need some kind of consequence, like... Um, no, I think if you cheat and take drugs in Olympic level or AFL or whatever sports, you should never be allowed to compete at that level again in that sports. Uh, but I mean, like, uh, y- like you've trained for it for 20 years. You were getting pressure from your coach. Like, I mean, it's, it's like with the AFL stuff, not that I'm obviously an AFL fan whatsoever, but, you know, I feel so bad for those players in that there was a culture of it at the club and you've got your coach and your trainer and everyone saying, oh, this is just a normal, you know, a normal drug to take. What are you meant to do? Like, But if the penalties were far harsher, the clubs wouldn't be able to risk it because they'd lose their entire player base. But, I mean, I guess it's that it should be the clubs that are being punished, not the players who effectively it's like, I mean, the club has a duty of care to – I mean, not, a lot of this doesn't apply to um, yeah. gaming I mean, in the sense in that they're games. not I mean, drugging them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just think in general that, like, I don't know, you've trained for years and years and years. You cheat once. I don't think you should be kicked out forever, but I do think there should be harsh penalties. And speaking of I mean, Star Wars Destiny tournaments, um, I remember Charles specifically saying <laughs> he was training up to, you know, go in these tournaments, and I, you know, was a bit upset he hadn't been inviting me to play and uh i'm pretty sure he said he was going to play at least one game with me do we have a clip can we do we have a clip we'll go to that clip now oh really and uh yeah so uh, where's my invite charles i don't uh, think we've well, played any star wars destiny we obviously <laughs> haven't heard the clip live so it'll be interesting to see what happens and what i'm saying now I may be invalidated by the, the clip, clip. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna find the clip. I'm just gonna say there's a clip. Someone can go find Very it. Good. I think my exact words were, "You're beneath me, and I'll never play you." But I don't know. Who can say? And uh, can talking say. of cheating, I think you'll find when I did play you, you cheated. So <gasps> no way. Yeah. That's a lie. This Pretty is how sure this is how the have... podcast dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're torn apart. Can't have three defensive positions in one deck, Dan. 
You can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to my next piece of news. Yeah, uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so a little, a little interesting something popped up on PC Gamer uh, where one investigative journalist delved into the uh, interesting and dark world of Skyrim sex mods. Mm. Mm, so I could not read that. Uh, and then we could not talk about it. So it was pretty much interviewing the guy that developed the infrastructure that people then can build their mods about. And they have a whole community with thousands of these sex mods that let you do anything and everything except Also, anything, Also exists for The Sims. Yeah, good, as it should. Yep. Uh, and for The Sims, it's very, very intense. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you research The Sims sex mods after we talked about Skyrim no, no, sex I mods I already a few knew weeks about ago? That. Already knew no, I already okay, knew about good. that. Because it's one of those things where you're like, because, you know, in The Sims, obviously, you can make them kiss and then they do woohoo and there's, you know, like there's that moment where it's basically like the curtain is pulled across and you're like, oh, okay, well, obviously I'm not actually seeing my Sims have sex. And then once I thought about it, I'm like, well, of course people have modded that. Like, why wouldn't they? But I feel like to the realism. very explicitly. Yeah. I've lost so much time. So there I was, 15-year-old Charles, <laughs> making my Sims hump day in, day out. And I wasn't yeah. seeing it. And I couldn't You weren't seeing it? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so that's the thing. I like Sims is very kind of it can be quite erotic, and then yeah. people just take that to a new level. <laughs> uh, as they do with the Skyrim sex mod. I mean, yeah. there's there's a bunch of bondage stuff. That's fine. There's a bunch of all kinds of usual things. But then there's also if you want to have sex with a dragon, this is the game. I was for about you. to say. I like. I was literally like, <laughs> can you have sex with a dragon? So I'm glad someone else thinks like Like me. if you have to ask. <laughs> it exists. Exactly. Good on them. Good uh, on them. Because there's, there's plenty. And I mean, it, it's not weird. There's plenty of novels it's, out there that yeah. involve animals and, you know, maidens. Yep. Fair. Um, yep. It's getting a, ravaged by It's a well-known dragons. trope for hundreds of years. That's what Beauty and the Beast is. Yep. So yeah. I, I, I accidentally got an audiobook about having a girl who has sex with a dragon thinking it was a Shadowrun book. Turns out not the same book. I did read so that good. book because you linked it and it was great. <laughs> oh, God. I need to read more of these novels. But interesting. So I read the Skyrim sex mod and it, article and at first I'm like, this is insane. But then I started thinking, wait, 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 this already exists like we've had this for ages just in you know novel form and story form mm. and blah 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 and now it's just in pc form and it's not that weird so yep. good for skyrim yep good i mean yep. i think it's one of those things that shocks me not at all and isn't my particular cup of tea but i absolutely get it like yeah you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do and if it yep. floats your boat then you know and do i mean what then get floating yeah enjoy and, yeah. and it is interesting with you know like there are incredibly explicit especially japanese games where it's like it those are official sex games that you can actually you know buy and it's not a mod it's a thing that a company is putting out mm. and i do kind of go well how is that that much more harmful or, you know, why is that a thing that you don't see in Western games particularly compared to shooting someone in the head? Like I, I do think it comes down to, you know, a lot of our kind of the pure and un, Puritan underpinnings of our culture compared yeah, to good Christian values that we yeah, rely upon yeah, every it's second like, of every day. You're okay with, um, yeah, you're okay with a game where you can shoot prostitutes in the head, but then, you know, like GTA, but, mm-hmm. As soon as you could have sex with them, people were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sex is wrong. Yeah. We should bury that deep, deep within ourselves and just kill people instead. Yeah. Yeah. Australia's got a weird, 
uh, like a weird puritanical bent when it comes to video games. We only just recently got an R rating for games. Mm. And even then, some games can still be refused classification if they're too violent or too sexy. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. And also, I think our porn industry's had a lot of issues with um, restrictions like... Yeah. I, I mem- didn't hold there was some a ca- whole uni essay on this. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm maybe yeah. I'm remembering your essay where yeah. it was, you know, some magazines couldn't have models with small boobs because that was yep. too close to child pornography according yep. to Australian e- law. Even though they were, you know, well over 18, but it was just yeah. like, yeah. And, you know, certain things that you could find on the internet with literally a five-second search technically are still illegal in Australia. Mm. Um, yep. And it's like to a certain extent it doesn't, matter anymore in the sense that like if does it I mean, matter zoo, if it's not illegal that zoo magazine went under didn't it like yeah the- <laughs> yeah yeah well i just more mean As like you know like sure technically according to law it's in, it's illegal but like the internet has kind of made that a moot point basically yeah. i mean laws can't yeah. keep up with the internet thank goodness yep. which means yep. we can do whatever we want but i well, mean you know in australia it's at least in western australia it's illegal to carry around more than 50 kilos of potatoes so yeah. <laughs> take um, that for what you will that said theresa may in um in the uk has just proposed as part of her election platform um basically a clean net so that everyone in the uk similar to what china has has access to a different kind of internet to the rest of the world. Like I'm oh, simplifying wow. it a lot, but it's similar to what um, I think is about 10 years ago the Australian government suggested in terms of, you know, certain domains being banned. And, I remember and, that and everyone was yeah, against it. Because it, it it's very against what we think of the internet as, but it's like, well, we accept those restrictions on like magazines or newspapers. TV, but, yeah. Yeah, but as soon as people apply it to the internet, it's like, oh, no, no, the internet has to be free. But, um, yeah, you kind of go, well – if technically something's illegal but it's never been enforced, it can be enforced if you're if you know, just like China can block Facebook, you can you can enforce that you can't watch certain types of porn or play certain games mm. that realistically now we can just download if they're illegal in Australia. Like yeah, I know the um a lot of the games that don't that didn't get classification here, people just downloaded them anyway. But mm. yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. So that's now I'm sad. thanks for talking about Kevin. Yeah. Uh, Catherine, your news? Yeah. So my news, um, uh, the first one for me was a cool article I read about um, psychologists that are using or like school counselors that are using D&D as therapy, um, both for kids that kind of, you know, are somewhere on the spectrum or have abuse at home or just general problems relating with their peer group. Um, And I just thought it was a really lovely kind of summary of what – players can get out of D&D through the lens of how it can be used for therapy, like working together, having to problem solve and, and, you know, just uh, what I think a lot of people that played it in high school, like what they got out of it, like bonding with their friendship group and learning social things like, you know, this is how you share or yes, maybe you didn't want to go this way, but look, everything turned out okay anyway. Um, and also as an escape, I guess. Um, yeah. So people have been using D&D since, you know, the 80s or whatever as a form of self-therapy and I guess this is just professionalising yeah. that. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and you know, like they always say that if you want to talk to, you know, a kid about something, you don't sit them down and talk to them about it. You mm. take them out for ice cream and then – you ask them how their day is. Like, you know, there's there's ways of getting them to open up without it being as confronting it head on. And I think D&D is, is kind of, it's a really interesting tool for that. Um, and, yeah, just 
kind of validating and lovely and just a lovely little news story that I thought was really cute. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it kind of ties in a little bit. So, I mean, obviously the people that are doing this are paid therapists. So they're effectively like getting paid to sit for an hour after school with a group of kids and be their DM. Um, and I'd be Man, interested. I only get paid in sausage rolls and beers. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, I'd be really interested in Dan's opinion about, um, cause it ties in with my next, my next news point, but Dan's opinion about if people should ever be paid to be a DM, like if a group came up to you and wanted you to run a campaign for them and you weren't really friends with them, would that be something where it would be appropriate to ask for money? Um, or would uh, you not do it if you weren't friends with them? I I would. I mean, it, it depends. My schedule is pretty crazy with uh, the website and the podcast and mm. pretending to be friends with you guys. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I've certainly thought about it. And you look at there are professional DMs out there. DM to the stars, Chris Perkins uh, is, is one of them. I mean, he works for Wizards of the Coast, but uh, there are some and. I've been to game shops where they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we have a guy. He'll run games for you and you just need to, you, you know, each of you chip in $5 or something. So there's five of you at the table. Yeah. That's $25 per hour, um, which is pretty reasonable, I would say, uh, especially for the amount of work that goes into crafting a story and sort of having people come back each week. Uh, I would love to explore that space, but I would certainly never charge my friends. Um, yeah. My, my friends is very much like, no, 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 I'm, I'm doing this because I want to see you on a regular basis and because Charles and Catherine never said yes to continuing our D&D game. Um, <laughs> it's just boring, guys. It's no, just boring. I hate I like D&D. It. I hate playing it. I love the idea of it. I hate playing it. All no, right? I, it's out there. I really I've like it. it. I really it's like boring. it, but it's no, I always wrong. have trouble with scheduling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if, <laughs> if it was like in a work situation where every Wednesday after work and everyone was already there – I would be so in, but it's the the scheduling and the, oh, it's been three months since we've met and all of that that I really struggle with. <laughs> yeah, I think I think maybe instead of charging uh, what a lot of people are doing or other channels and other you know, podcasts and Twitch streamers and stuff are doing, uh, they will have their... Patreon supporters will... I was about will, to say, it's got to be Patreon. Mm. It's all Patreon. Yeah, it'll be Patreon. So you, you, you pay Patreon, you know, X amount per month, and, you know, that tier of people get invited to the game, and it's kind of random. Yeah. And that way, you're already supporting them, and here's a little bonus. I think that's probably a really good avenue yeah. to do it, especially nowadays, uh, and especially if that content creator is then going to maybe live stream that game and use that as content to get more followers. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a it works out, I think, better than uh, just a transaction, um, which I'm I'm all for as well. But I think the uh, the the Patreon method is probably a little bit um, a little bit nicer to to stomach. Yeah, the, well, um, in in the West we have this aversion to being paid for doing things, which is another fascinating area mm. in itself. Uh, so. It feels unnatural to be paid for your talents, I guess, um, even, no matter what they are. But D&D, I, I would be totally okay if there was an amazing D&D or, you know, Star Wars RPG or whatever the, the role-playing game was. If there was an amazing DM and I knew about them and they were someone I wasn't friends with, I would be totally okay with getting a group together and paying them uh, yeah. to, run, to run sessions. Because it's, yeah. it's like going to a movie. You pay to go to a movie and enjoy it. Why wouldn't you pay yeah. to have an amazing D&D session? The, the other interesting thing is, uh, so Beta Bar in Melbourne has just uh, opened in another new venue 
because um, their their old one got a bit too small because I think it got redone, and so they've moved just down the road. Um, and in their new venue, there's kind of room for. Uh, I think kind of public D&D sessions where it's like, you know, you could have 30 people kind of all going along at once. I'm not quite sure how it'll work, but I know mm-hmm. that um, that they just did a call out for DMs to come along and run it. And I mean, really, I, I don't know whether or not it will be paid, but I you would, assume be, so. I would, assume, I would, it would assume it would have to be. And if, if it wasn't paid in money, then it may be being paid in like booze or in, you know, free entrance for the whole year or whatever. Flash. Like yeah. <laughs> oh. Souls um, for the soul machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like I think, you know, they, it's, it's like needing a bartender to come and pour drinks. Like it's, yeah. they have a certain skill set and they should be reimbursed for that in some form. I did hear about this a couple of weeks ago from an insider uh, that they were looking to set this up, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's a really good idea." I think, especially because Beta Bar has moved to sort of that. Well, a long time ago, they moved to that one a week on Friday nights, um, and D and D kind of lends itself to that, especially having a couple yeah. of beers if there's a quiet-ish corner. Um, where you can play <laughs> music pumping through the speakers. Yep. You're trying to yell out exactly yeah. what you want <laughs> on the dance floor. To to convince them to give you his gold is not as convenient. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, um, with with my groups, we've looked at that going to uh, sort of breweries down near us and going like, oh, hey, they, these guys have ribs and booths. Like we could go there and play. You know, we'd get a couple of weird looks, I imagine, but <laughs> it'd be a great experience. The um and it. it it ties in with my next point, which is a article that I think um, you guys also both saw, but about the paid Overwatch payers. Getting so, paid to do yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, these are um, yeah, mostly women, um, but I think there were a few men that the article mentioned. Getting I think it was about fifty-fifty. Actually, I don't think it was mostly women, but I'm, I'm sure um, the women would be more successful. Yeah, but I think yeah. it, there were proportions of men doing it. Um, but yeah, so on Fiverr and, you know, and it was pretty cheap. I'm like, you know, whatever it was, five games for $5 or something. I'm like, they're not Mm. getting paid a lot for their time. Um, but I found it really interesting in that, again, it's similar to the paid DM argument, which is, well, if I want to have a good game and I keep on getting paired up with noobs and I just want a really competent healer or a really competent tank or whatever, why shouldn't I pay someone else to kind of come be my friend be a pocket healer yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then i did think it was fascinating i mean the the focus for the article um wasn't on this but just the fact that they were almost always playing those support classes and i mean that really reminded me of wow in the sense of almost all the girl players i knew played heels or played tank like and tank was a little bit rarer um there was the occasional dps but there was that real thing of i'm not sure it was like wanting group cohesion over individual glory but also just being like well if we need a healer I'll heal like and and it was something where I kind of went oh it's women being socialized a little bit differently in how we game in that we're probably better team members but we're not the ones that are I mean obviously are getting, you're not getting all the kills but you're making sure the team actually the wins. team actually wins yeah and I mean obviously there are I'm sure there are women that are amazing and you know do get all the kills but I I did think that the focus in the article was interesting that they almost always seem to, yeah, need healers and just be like, well, that's what people need me to do. So I spec heals basically. 
Well, and that says a lot about society, doesn't it? Where yeah. men men are out there for the glory, and and women are there to support. That's the way it's that's been for years, and it's starting to shift. But and yet, yeah. in the nerd world, we we see those traditional values continuing <laughs> re-emerging on. in the form yeah. of Overwatch. I, I saw that too, and I thought, oh, okay, it's a marketing thing. Like you uh, being a marketer, I was like, oh, okay, so that's that's their pitch, right? Like, oh, you know, it, it's it's easier to say, hey, I will buy someone to support me because that's uh, f- more that's a better experience. Yeah, no. One- However, most pay of these to heal someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, exactly. Well, you, t- you know, I'll pay you to take, you, know, you pay me. Well, I don't know. Um, however, a lot of these, um, a lot of these little entrepreneurs, they, uh, they mentioned that they are, that's their main, like, you know, even when they're not being paid, they love playing, you know, they play support most of the time. And as you were saying, Catherine, like it could be that that's the way they're conditioned or just like that's yeah that's just what they enjoy for whatever reason and they've just stuck at it and a lot of them were pretty well skilled and they were going to be playing anyway so it's no skin Mm. off their nose to get paid a little bit and play with a random it was great to see these women were getting you know mvps and like you know best player of the matches consistently every single Um, time yeah yeah Yeah, except for once i think (laughs) yeah it's not just they're you know attractive women out there or women with good voices however you want to roll that um you know selling their time to to make nerds happy it's that they were actually legitimately great players uh, and happened to be women and, and gave the person that was paying them a, a bit of a bit of an ego boost almost, I guess. And, while, yeah, and uh, probably while even a boost in rankings because they yeah, well, exactly. played rank matches. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, that was what a lot of it was, right? Like, you know, it, it meant that people got pulled up through, pulled up through the um, Overwatch ranking system because they were playing and winning their matches and all mm-hmm. of that. And people pay in World of Tanks or World of Warships or World of Warplanes. People pay <laughs> <laughs> people pay gold to get better ships and better planes so that they can win more matches. So this mm. is just paying a different thing to win more matches. Like I don't see any difference. And this yeah. actually touches on a thing which I didn't put in the show notes. Um, but friend of the show, or at least our, a friend of ours, uh, Charles, you know, Madeline, mm-hmm. Uh, good old Maddie Photography. She was talking Matic about photography, how- I think. Maddie Photography, sorry, yeah. Uh, she was actually posting about this, I think maybe last month, that she was copying some flack because people she had you know, she's got a Patreon, very successful, and a successful photography business. And people were getting giving her or someone was giving her flack online about, oh, uh, you know, why would people pay you money for this? This is crap. And the thing is, like, you well, assumedly, these are adults either paying for Overwatch, paying for D&D, or paying for photos. Like, you should be able to spend your money how you like. Yeah, sure. You go out and do it, you know? Yep. Like, I Just spend my money on some pretty questionable things. <laughs> yeah. Probably none of those. Cause yep. my, but... You know, I don't want to be told how to spend my money, so uh, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, people just need <laughs> yeah. to stop being judgy sea bombs. Uh, yeah, that's that's. Let's get into the game. Let's Good do it. Simulator. Let's talk about the game. All right. So, Goat Simulator, Coffee Stain Studios came out a long time ago, 2014. It's a game that is just about causing destruction. But you're a goat. Uh, <laughs> plays a little bit like Tony Hawk, kind of. Or GTA, um, I would argue. Maybe, yeah. Um, but there's yeah. sort of, yeah, yeah kind of like GTA, I guess. you got this little open world, <clears throat> you got a, you got a small sandbox, and you just get points by wrecking stuff and building combos. That's why I kind of think of the, the Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk yeah, I think Tony Hawk's an excellent 
Um, I noticed there were kind of quests, um, levels and missions and stuff, though. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a little it's a little weird one, and this has come out a long time ago. So there are mods and things like that. I didn't we didn't I didn't delve into the mods. Did Mod, you guys? Mods and um, nah. well, see, so I played it on iPad, um, and it was oh, great again. Yeah. Um, I actually just got a new iPad because um, I got sick of running out of room because I had a 16 gig one, which honestly, Ugh. it was Ugh. like I was living in the 1900s. <laughs> if only you could put SD cards in and actually customize your devices. <laughs> <laughs> but a new iPad Yuck, just Daniel. came out. Yuck. That um, the not iPad Pro, but it's it's very reasonably priced in America. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and so be. I got the 128 gig, so that's my gaming machine. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, there are a few iPad games so there's the core one but then there's basically um kind of theme packs um and i suspect i would love to see what the figures are about where they make a lot of their money because this played really smoothly on ipad and i can see this being one of the games that you hand off to your child to stop them talking (laughs) yeah yeah, I think now I always want to go get it on iPad. Because on PC, look, when I boot up a game on a PC, I want something a little complex. Mm. Um, and Goat Simulator obviously is not that. Now I'm not judging it because it's not complex. It never says it is com. It mm. never says it is complex. Sounds like um, Izzy liked it though. Yeah, <laughs> Izzy loves it. Uh, she was just trying to be quiet on her way up the stairs and failed miserably. Um, yeah, so maybe iPad's the way to go. But I. So I, you know, I played it, played some Goat Simulator, and I got up my combos. I destroyed a bunch of stuff, uh, and then I'm like, "What now?" Mm. Did you collect so, trophies? Because that's a little yeah, bit of yeah, a. There's trophies. Yeah. I collected trophies. There's little spoilers and Easter eggs everywhere. Uh, within the original sandbox, they've actually got the studios. They've got their little house that's their studios where they made Goat Simulator, and you can get in there and bust up the studios. And then also, there's oh, a mini yeah. game mm. within it called Flappy Goat, which is obviously a play on. Flappy <laughs> yes, Goat. I saw that on the Town TV Fla- there. Yeah, yeah. Town Flappy Goat. Uh, so I enjoyed a bit of Flappy Goat. So look, there's plenty of stuff in there to do. But the reason I wanted to play this as the game of the week is that it was at the top of the Steam top sellers list for months. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously something there and I kind of wanted to discover why and I'm not sure I did. It's I mean yeah, I think I'm... sorry. No, just I, I think it's a game that does exactly what it sets out to do. Mm-hmm. Which which sounds like a stupid review, but it's just like it is not trying to be anything other than you're a goat. You can pretend to be other kind of goats, like a tall goat, which is just a giraffe. And you run around and you break shit. Like. Goat mutations. Yeah, 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 you do. Yeah, the goat mutations are interesting. Like, oh, I'm going to add double jump or I'm going to add a jetpack that is just bonkers. Um, yeah, I, I actually used a controller for this one. And while most of the controls mapped well, all the tooltips came up with the keyboard controls. Mm. So I wasn't being reminded of the actual buttons I could use to do certain things. So I found that some things I just couldn't get working properly. Um, and, of course, I wasn't going to switch to a keyboard like no, I'm not a savage. Not a, not a, <laughs> I still don't agree with using a controller on a PC, but that's another argument for another day. Yeah. Uh, I did summon some sort of goat demon or something. In one <laughs> oh, of the you worked out how to do that. Nice. I got into the castle and, like, I was the goat dark queen or whatever it was yep. that at that point and they bowed to me and worshipped me as their god but I didn't work out how to summon summon the goat demon so that's yeah. yeah so I, I can't even remember what I did but I did something I probably knocked all the goats into a hell hole or something and then it teleported me back to the main area and I could now I had a new button I could press and that button summoned 
goats from the sky <laughs> that would just fall and you know i was summoning these demon goats that would just fall down and and land on things and break them um so and the, you know there's a lot of pun pun jokes in there and as you said a lot of references and easter eggs like flappy goat and and whatnot so it's a it's a fun little game yeah i mean i think uh, oh yeah sorry okay, you go chelsea no no you go no your turn um uh, just that i think it was perfect for ipad like it was a game where i could see myself you know sitting and playing on the bus and I didn't care that there wasn't a story. Like for me, often I need at least a hint of narrative to kind of really get into a game um, and really enjoy it. But with this, I was like, no, nah, I'm a goat. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> well, I'm going to uh, jump on off that, shit. Like, on that, they put out a free expansion called Goat Simulator MMO. Yeah. And it was a bit cheeky because they've put it out and they've made this goat MMO where you're a goat again, but you've got a class now and you're in a world where there's quests and whatnot. And they've emulated an MMO. So it was an actual MMO. Yeah. Did you, just... either of you guys play the, uh, the MMO version? No, no, I didn't play the MMO one. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, so yeah, you should have, cause it's hilarious. And there's, you know, other goats running around to a pretend players and it's got the tropes of MMOs in there, but in hilarious, ridiculous goat form. Uh, and it was actually, it was super clever. Uh, it was a real kind of, you know, meta, analysis of MMOs but with goats uh and a great piece of humor so uh, I thoroughly enjoy and it's a free expansion they just they just put it out for fun and because they're well, wonderful so, so interestingly on iPad it isn't so oh, so on iPad go. the the games that are available are Goat Simulator Goat Simulator MMO Goat Simulator Goat Z which is the zombie version and <laughs> yeah. Goat Simulator Waste of Space which is the space version oh, um, so cool. and and they're all pretty that reasonable cool. like so yeah. they're all 7.99 um, yep. And if you buy them all together, they're twenty nine, twenty two ninety nine. Sure, maybe um, the version that I got had the MMO one included or something. Well, well I got the well, one from it's... Humble Bundle for two dollars. Yeah, uh, and like it was a, not as part of a Humble Bundle, but it was from, from the Humble Store. Uh, they were having a sale for two dollars, and I was like, oh, perfect, picking that up. And I had op- I had the option of the MMO one, so maybe it was sort yeah. of a like yeah. a special game of the year edition. And also, often <laughs> often things are cheaper on um, like iPad is is still kind of the not the premium but you know there's not as many humble equivalents compared to you know if you're buying it on pc like yeah sure. well, apple needs to make that disney money yeah yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> need to get your disney money uh that would they would then be able to release things for cheaper you are correct yeah. uh, also because pc gaming is you know the the god of gaming uh, so we deserve all those better things <clears throat> Yep. Okay. Moving yep. right along. Yep. Yeah. From that, <laughs> clearly wrong, but fine. <laughs> yeah. It was it was fun, like being able to unlock things, but there was no rhyme or reason to it. Um, I I also got some sort of like Thor, Thunder God power that I could press a button and then stuff would just get electrocuted around me, uh, mm-hmm. which is yep. cool and fun. And you know the goat looks silly with its tongue hanging out, especially when it blows up a car or something. Um. But no, like I, I actually struggled with this game. Um, I struggled to come back to it. I, I'm exactly the same, man. So I played it for an hour or two, uh, and then I went away and I didn't come back for weeks until mm. only a few days ago, where I gave the MMO version another shot um, because it just didn't have anything that interests me. Um, and I think it would interest a bunch of people uh, and would give good gameplay for a bunch of people. But I was not that person. See, I even though it isn't my kind of game at all. So, like, I've I've played GTA, not the top-down GTA, which I played a lot of, but, like, as soon as it was 3D, mm. I'm revealing my gaming age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I play GTA like I, 
I drive within the lines. I try and follow <laughs> traffic rules. I don't so like. So do you limit. actually simulate goat behavior? Yeah. Like, <laughs> walk it up to me. Well, yeah, just stay in your paddock, eat some grass, I don't walked, cause any trouble. I walked a lot, and like I went up to like these group of people dancing, and I was like, I'm just gonna lick one of them, and then it was like bodies flying, someone's crying. <laughs> I was like. I didn't even headbutt them. I just licked them. <laughs> like, like it was very easy to cause chaos. But I guess my point being that these aren't my kind of game. Like I don't particularly like blowing stuff up and, you know, running trains off tracks or whatever. But um, I still enjoyed it. And I think a lot of it was to do with the console that I played it on because it was just such a perfect iPad game. Like it wasn't. I, I think it's interesting. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much playing it on my computer because I would have expected too much from it, if that makes sense. Yep. I think that very much makes sense. Uh, for me, yeah. what I like out of a game is traction. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to feel that I'm in the world and the world is impacting me and it's uh, not real. I mean, things don't have to be real when you're having sex with a dragon. I mean, it's not <laughs> going to be real, but I want to know that the dragon's really feeling it. You know, and <laughs> Dragon's I, I into it too. Yeah, exactly. And I want my player to be like, they're really into it. Whereas when you're a goat and you're flying around and you're flailing and, you know, you'll touch something, you'll lick something and it will then fly off and destroy. It was just a bit much. I didn't feel like I had traction in the world. It just felt I was skating through it, uh, the Tony Hawk reference, and things were just kind of going all over the place. That Mm -hmm. was my thoughts. Yep. Yeah. I am actually very surprised that you really enjoyed this game, Catherine. I wonder whether the... um, the platform you played it on has something to do with it or just the state of mind you're in because you're in America for some reason? Yeah, no, I mean, I, um, I was, to be completely you needed, honest... like, a lighthearted thing. I opened it up <laughs> expecting to not like it. Like, I did mm. not come to it pro pro this game. Um, so I, I, I just think the, the platform you played on can have such a huge impact on how you experience and enjoy a game. And, you know, as I was playing, like, I um, it's not super common, but especially as the kids that I'm, you know, whose lives I'm in get older and they, you know, are allowed more screen time. When I play an iPad game now, I do kind of think like, how easy would this be to pass to a child? And like, I wouldn't, you know, give it to like a (laughs) (laughs) three-year-old. The video that starts on Steam when you look at the game is someone on fire running, screaming with a goat just lying on the ground. But this is a pretty harmless game. Like this, as much as like, Yes, I people love that get... we see this as a harmless game these days. What does that <laughs> this... say about us as a society? Well, because the humans are, there's, the violence is cartoonish. Like, you know, like it's, you're a goat, it's silly. Like this is absolutely a game that a kid could play. Like, oh, for sure. A, yeah, like a six or seven-year-old, I would feel like, whereas a lot of the games on my iPad, it's like they're kind of a bit too complex or like, you know, I love Papers, Please, but I'm not sure that's that accessible. Like, <laughs> For a whereas, five-year-old, probably not. You know, Goat Simulator, it's it's silly. It's a bit of fun. I mean, and like kids love skins. They love collecting stuff and they love blowing shit up. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. So yeah. it's, maybe it's a wonderful kids game. Yeah. And, yeah. and just enjoyable as an adult. I mean, look, it, it's a bunch of fun where you jump, you get to a roof, you then work out that there's a trampoline that lines perfectly up with whatever, you jump along, you destroy things, you, you, you get your combos up. There, there's fun to be had. Um, but for me, it was just short-lived. Um, yeah. But that's that. I think the MMO uh, had a bit of, bit of fun with the quests and whatnot. But once again, you're then moving into a trope that is not purely about the goat and the destruction. Yeah, um, and being and a goat. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because that's the most that important thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so... There you go. 
Cool. All right. Well, I guess we should move into... Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about our gaming week and a lot of time talking about the news, and I think that's partly because there's... Uh, as we've touched on, there's not much about. to this game. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We can't talk about sort of, oh, what decisions did you make? Did you headbutt the guy or did you yep. lick the guy? Because <laughs> you probably did both, and then the, he exploded. Well, did, and then did anyone <laughs> else get up to the top of the crane and find, like, the very, very top, and there was one golden goat, and there was just a guy, like, happily swinging his legs off the side, and I was like, okay, well... <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to push him. <laughs> Obviously. I did. I did get to the top of the crane. Yep. So I'm like, well, there's a crane. I have to get to the top of it. And, you know, I kicked him off. Yeah. And, and, then, he, and then he flew up because he fell into the fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that didn't happen to mine. No, my no, guy fell to, mine. fell to his death. But, I mean, you didn't, you didn't have to kick him, did you? But you didn't you did. have to, but you did well, in a way. Well, you're one of those sweet, sweet points. <laughs> you did, true, the combo points. And there was a special combo for kicking a guy off the crane. So that's nice. Uh, look, I think for what it was, which is it, – and it never tried to be anything else. I think as a game that was on – you know, you, you flew around, you jumped around, you goated around destroying things and getting combo points, which is – look, there's plenty of games like that, destruction games that build up combo points. I think it's, you know, probably the best out there. Um, mm. And it – Every facet of it was well thought through, plenty of extra stuff in it, uh, and it certainly delivered on what it set out to do in a very polished way. So, And um, and just for reference, I've just looked it up in the App Store, and it is rated 9+. plus. So that Ooh. is that is. So what, Izzy's um, going to have to wait a little bit. Yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got a few years to go. Um, but, you know, so even though it's, you know, people being lit on fire and ragdoll physics and all of that, it's um, I, I do think this is a game that is definitely can be played as an adult, but is, is also a very kid friendly game. Mm. Yeah. I can see this being a game. Yeah. You'd sit down with a kid and, uh, you know, put in front of them and be like, oh, you're always playing Minecraft and being constructive. I want you to destroy <laughs> things. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Yeah. Healthy and fine. <laughs> cool. So uh, recommend it? Yeah, I recommend ah, it. I recommend yeah, it for the go. price and the platform. I recommend it on, on iPad for seven ninety nine. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, look, I guess I got it on a humble bundle for $2, so it's hard for me to argue with that price point. Uh, but, you know, is it a must play for me, which is how I look at all these games? Uh, and for me, it's a game that I could have skipped and, and lived with for the rest of my life. So I'm going to say it is not a must play on PC. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to, uh, yeah, I think actually I, I pulled a comment um, from about Goat Simulator that kind of summarizes sort of exactly what we're saying. We could have just skipped everything we said and just had this. Uh, Goat Simulator is, is a great time for the first few hours when you're seeing everything for the first time. But once you've seen everything, there's no reason to keep playing. Mm. Unless you're a child, I guess, and you just want that wanton destruction and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you're, you're Catherine and you want wanton destruction, and apparently. Yeah. As I said, <laughs> I, I tried to actively not destroy things, so I am. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how you the game's meant to be played. Yeah. I doubt it. But <laughs> Maybe we were playing a rug dance. Maybe we should have just walked along. Like I am um, a happy go. I, I pulled a lever that meant that. Uh, one of the trains got destroyed and I got an achievement. Like it, you know, moved the track it was on and then basically went onto a track that wasn't finished. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I really didn't <laughs> what have I mean done? to. Yeah. Think of their families. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There's orphans out there now, Catherine. Yeah, I'm, I'm a goat. monster. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's fine. I'd love to see the repercussions. In fact, okay, 
hang on, hang on, hang on. Ways you could improve this game. I want to talk about that. Now, if there was a little cutscene at the end of, you know, an episode or something where it showed the repercussions of my wanton goat destruction, like, you know, fatherless children, people's house burning down and like having to go to the insurance office and be like declined because it was goat related. I'm not going to lie. That would have made it really great for me. I want repercussions and I want them to be dark. I think on that same note, uh, I reckon a similar thing to Super Meat Boy, when you finish a level, it shows you all your failings, mm. like all your deaths and stuff. I think maybe when you finish it, it you know shows you from the sky a sped up version of all the destruction you yeah. just created. Well, I, I so you're like, oh, that's my handiwork. I wouldn't have minded more goat death. Like I, I managed to die a few times. I kind of fell off the world where it's like I landed on something weird and then I was dropping through the bottom and things. But like... I don't know. There was something about the fact that you didn't, you know, you jumped off a building and you crumpled, but you didn't die. And it's like, mm. as long as you instantly re, as long as you instantly respawn, I would have liked a death and then a replay of like, oh, you, you know, jumped off the trampoline into the the forest or whatever, and here's a slow mo of that happening. Um, yeah. So repercussions is what, which yeah. comes back to my traction. I guess it's the same kind of idea. Mm. Mm. Very good. Yeah, I would also would have liked a sort of tutorial. I mean, you get dumped in the thing and it's just, hey, go go have fun. You've got all this. But it's it's almost, for me, that's too much choice. I want maybe not a hand-holding tutorial where they stop the game and a pop-up dialogue box comes up, but I want to smartly flow from, oh, okay, now I'm in the pen and it wants me to do this, this, and this. And then the next bit is me to do this and it sort of maybe adds a different mechanic like oh hey you can nose grind as a um as a goat or oh hey now we're going to incorporate the the jump and the lick or whatever and like now we're going to try and put combos together i don't know like easing you into it i think would have been super handy for me as a player um because just being dumped in and going like have at it i'm like yeah i'm gonna go play witcher (laughs) (laughs) give me some purpose yeah yeah you guys just did not like it, huh? I know, which is weird because I was really excited about goats and yeah. simulating goats and things I could do with goats. But You just thought it was goat just stimulator. <laughs> just didn't, you know, get my goat, I guess. Uh, Charles, you've been I waiting the whole – it is a saying. You've been waiting the whole app. <laughs> yes. No, I just came up with it just then. Oh, like, I don't like know if Trump that's came up with the phrase. He's like, I actually invented the, pra- the phrase prime the pump and everyone's like – no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. We should have a segment. What ridiculous thing did no, Trump say? No, that'd be the whole episode. <laughs> we no. can't do it. <laughs> I'm going to petition for a two-minute segment at the end of every episode, but we'll we'll chat we'll chat about that offline. <laughs> we'll see how we go. All right, um, I have a new segment for this because we couldn't really do a movie like a you know who would you cast in the goat simulator movie that just doesn't really make sense yeah goat quiz like how many goats Uh, did you go so it is kind (laughs) of a quiz um (laughs) and uh i'm not sure if this is gonna work uh in fact yeah um good confidence good intro loving it (laughs) that's right if it's shit i'll just cut it out uh we're gonna play keyword countdown so I have gone on Steam, I've opened up a couple of games, and I've found the popular user-defined tags for those games. And I'm going to read out, and I need, and you guys are going to answer what you think the game is. Ooh, and I like it. depending on how many keywords are left, that's how many points you'll get. Okay, so are these games goat-related? 
They're all simulator related. Ooh, okay. Okay, good hit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm not going to tell you that the first keyword for all of these is simulation. <laughs> I will assume that. Yeah, yeah. All right. First one. Action. No guess so far. Uh, <laughs> racing? I'm going to say, well, I may as well have a guess, GTA. right? You get one each I'm going to say. No, that's, it's not even a simulation. I'm going to say Farm Simulator 2016. Ooh, no. Okay, close. Driving? Truck Simulator. Real racing? Yes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> How is that a game? It's disgusting. Oh, it feels good. <laughs> I actually look at all these simulation games every now and again, and I'm like, why? Why do they I exist? Do not, I do not do that. <laughs> so, Charles, uh, I'm going to say, because we had three keywords, so Charles is on seven points because yes. there's ten keywords. All right, next one. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, multiplayer? Rust. <laughs> Wait, not, that's not a simulation game. <laughs> Fine. Funny? Is it Ghost Simulator? MMO no, version? that's not multiplayer, and it probably would be too easy. <laughs> Ill- Illuminati? What? Beyonce, the simulator. Sorry, nothing. Um, there was that, uh, the, like the physics. real world or whatever it was called. Um, physics. No, I got nothing. Robots. I just don't think I know any simulation games. <laughs> I don't think this game exists, but it sounds amazing. I want it to exist. <laughs> VR. VR. Oh, um, is Job it that simulator? jump simulator? Yes. Oh, I said it first. Come on, I said it first. No, you I, did not. Dan, the listeners Dan, will vindicate me. Dan, do a judgment. <laughs> you said it first. Uh, you, it sounded like you both said it at the same time. I'll give you both four points. Okay, I'll take that. At least everyone shouts. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I would rather not get the points than Catherine get points. <laughs> Can we both lose? <laughs> right, next one. Here we go. All right. This will, be, we'll do the, this will be the last one. Um, great soundtrack. Puzzle. Aliens. Dark humor. Gore. I don't know. Alien isolation. Alien. Intentionally isolation. awkward controls. <laughs> Octodad. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an alien Octodad? Physics. Um, blood. How niche are these games, Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> it's like three <laughs> three ratings on Steam. <laughs> First person. Uh, Medicine. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing Surgeon Simulator doesn't have aliens in it. It does, and it, it was oh, Surgeon Simulator. Yes! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'll give you one point. Yeah, I'll take it. And how, what's the end score, Dan? Please tell us. Uh, Charles is on eight if he forgoes his points to make sure Catherine gets no points. Which I and will. Catherine is on zero. <laughs> that sounds like a thorough thrashing. So I don't know any of these games. With Steam keywords. Is no. that because you're not a real gamer, Catherine? Is that what you're saying? Or how long did that? it take you to get up the escalators, Charles? I don't know. I did. <sighs> That's because you're a non-purist controller using Horbag. So, I don't know. Let's yeah. just put that out yeah, there. That's uh, fair enough. <laughs> it's mm. the sweet taste of failure. <laughs> there we go. So, Charles is the victor. Uh, 
I like that yeah. game. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Maybe mm. non-simulation games, but I, like, I think it's a clever idea, clever segment. I enjoyed yep. it. Yeah. I liked it also. because I won. <laughs> That's fair. It's a good filler segment. Yep. Uh, we're <laughs> running over time, although we're giving you some extra Game Club this week because uh, we were late in recording it, so it is actually behind schedule. But we're going to be back next fortnight with... The next Game Club Game of the Week, Charles, what won the vote? Which oh, Telltale game are we playing? I don't I don't know. Where do I check the votes? How do I do this? Do I have to go uh, to Facebook? Okay. And then I'm just I'm ref- not I'm not prepared. Yeah, okay. I am not yeah. prepared. So we have a we have a poll on nonfictiongaming.com. Well, I'm which Telltale game game should now. we play? Oh, hang on. The choices were Wolf Among Us, Game of Thrones, Batman, The Walking Dead, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Can I say what I think won? Yes. I think the Fable one would have won. Yes. yes. Yeah. So we, we will be playing Wolf Among Us. Yes. Um, I could not do another Batman game right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would have been happy with... Actually, I would have been happy with all those choices. Yeah, um, I mean, they're all great games. Yeah, uh, I would have yeah, loved absolutely. to play the Guardian of the Galaxy one because I'm about to go see that movie next week once Catherine returns and can do some babysitting. Yep. Uh, I was like, sure wait, we're seeing it? I'm not sure if all the episodes are I'm not sure if all... You know how Telltale games usually come in five episodes? Have all five episodes for that? Yeah, yeah. It was really stages ago. Yeah. Oh, there you go. (laughs) uh, Wolf Among Us or Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, Guardians. Oh, Wolf Among Uh, Us. Sorry, I I don't know about that. We will be playing Wolf Among Us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Very good. So if you want to partake in the conversation, make sure you go to Facebook, uh, look up Game Club, a nonfiction gaming podcast, or just go to the nonfiction gaming Facebook page. And uh, we'll have links in the doobly-doo and you can sort of vote and discuss with us what you think about uh, Wolf Among Us. And And, and, um, uh, also worth noting with Wolf Among Us that on iPad, and I think it's the same on Steam, the first episode of it. So there's five episodes within the game and the first step is free. So if you want to play along and don't want to commit, straight up front then you can always just play the first step and see if you like it and speaking of free uh we do this podcast for free which is awesome we're gonna keep doing that but if you want to sling some money our way you can go to patreon.com slash nfg live and become a patron spend that money either and if you don't spend it on us maybe go spend it on a a pocket healer that (laughs) can play games with you uh we'd we'd like it too we're probably not going to play games with you unless you get into that top tier. Yep. But um, yeah, we'd really appreciate it if you want to support the show or you can go on iTunes and leave us a review because reviews, we got a few reviews and uh, I think it's really helping the podcast. Fantastic. That'd be great. Good. Now, have there been reviews we haven't read? It's been so long. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of bitterness uh, there, Dan. I, yeah. Uh, do you want to, do you want to tell people why we had to delay Catherine? Cause you're on your deathbed. I got food poisoning. Yeah. Did you yeah. get food poisoning or did you give yourself food poisoning? I ate two old things. Korean chicken, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you poisoned yourself Myself, is yes, what you're correct. saying. Yeah. Okay, there we go. I'm yeah, glad we, we cleaned that up. <laughs> Excellent. Well, on that note, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for sharing this with a friend. Uh, you can find us at, on Twitter at Game Club Cast. Catherine, where can they tweet? They can Zor find at me at C.S. McMullen. I'm not going to ask Charles whether they can tweet at you because I'm pretty sure you never tweet. I think I tweeted the other week or two ago. I think Um, you tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Yep. Good choice. Please tweet at Charles Breyers. And uh, if you want to tweet at me, it's at NFGDan. Until next fortnight, um, keep those games clubbing. I don't know. We need to sign off. Yeah, let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Do not club your games. I don't know what that means. Don't do it. 
until until uh, until next time on Game Club. <laughs> Very good. Bye. Bye.